Anyway, it's uh, good to be in the house of the Lord this morning. Uh, i got to get everything arranged up here. Uh, after that worship music, i got a pretty tough go of it here. After they get us started like that, that was pretty awesome. Thank you, worship team. Uh, this is an interesting message. This is this is a message that God wanted me to bring, and it's uh, called "Why Do We Need Each Other." And in the Bible, there's uh, many different scriptures and actions that we can point to uh, where we need each other. We need each other in Bible studies and small groups. And Matthew 8, 18 have several places where you know if we agree in prayer. Uh, Two or three brothers agree in prayer. He gives it to us. When two or three are gathered together, uh, Jesus or our God's in our presence, just like He is here right now. Uh, also, it, if a brother sins, we are supposed to uh, call him on it, go to him and, and make it right. It also teaches that there are uh, if there are two or three working out in the field. One falls down. There's somebody there to help us up. But my uh, main focus today will be in, in Hebrews, uh, what Brian just read. Thanks, Brian. And I'm going to be more, uh, the first few verses are more of a uh, something for individually, but I'm going to be mostly concentrating on 24 and 25. And that draws us in as uh, why we really need each other. And it starts out in 24, let us consider one another. So right away, we, we need to look at each other and, and consider each other. We're all believers in the same God. And in order to stir up love and good works. And, you know, we, we need love. God is love. He is our example. We need to stir that up in each other and stir each other up so we do good works. And then he goes on, not forsaking uh, the assembly of ourselves together. And this is going to be my main focus. And uh, God, God uses me in a different way. Uh, he uses things in my life to uh, show his power at work or just how things go. And this right here is, is really the, the heart of the message when it boils right down to it. Uh, and then it goes on, I'll read it again, not forsaking the assembly of ourselves together as is the manner of some. And he kind of, you know, states very bluntly that some of us don't uh, meet together as we should, coming to worship. And then in the, uh, but exhorting one another and in so much more. So we need to be exhorting one another, but back up just for that meeting together here, and you add that love to it and God's presence, and that is so awesome. I mean, just our worship team just got us all excited. I mean, that, that middle song just, that really got me pumped up. But uh, now comes the hard part, <laughs> and I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer. Most gracious Heavenly Father, we come before you and 
we thank you for this body here that is that is so awesome. And mostly because when two or three gather together, you're here in our presence. And we just thank you for that, Lord. We can just feel your love poured upon us and the love that we each other, or we the way we love each other and that just just the feel of that love that just flows so freely here, Lord. What a blessing that is. So, Lord, now you have stepped me out of my comfort zone. You have asked me to deliver this message once before. And in a way that you got my attention, that just kind of blew my mind. So, Lord, be with me. Let each and everything we do here be pleasing in your sight. And through it all, may you be glorified, you be honored as we worship and praise you today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Like I said, God laid this heart on my message clear back in 19. And I really knew, uh, well, my uh, niece called me up one day and they have a church in, in Elbron that had closed and a bunch of the people got together and tried to get the church going again. And she asked me, she knew I do, did some funerals and stuff. And she said, would you be willing to come and speak? And I said, okay. But I did it on a condition. I said, Lord, I'll do it if you give me messages. So this is this is where this comes from. So if you don't like it, don't blame me. It's God's fault. Anyway, uh, I knew it was from the Lord, but yet I'm not a very good uh, child to God. I get a little ornery once in a while. And so I said, Lord, just show me that this is truly from you. And God's really got to have a sense of humor because the way he showed me just kind of blew my mind. 19 was our 50th anniversary and we got married and went to Colorado to honeymoon and 25 years later we went again just to, so at 50 years we needed to go again. So we decided to go and I didn't know it, but God wanted us to be in north of Denver uh, on a Wednesday evening. And we were planning our vacation, and we're getting ready to go. I told the wife we're leaving on Monday. And so I got to getting ready, and I don't know when it was Wednesday or Thursday, and I looked, and I thought, oh, man, the car needs oil changed. So I thought, oh, boy, i got to call Brother Bill and get my oil changed. And so I said to the wife, I said, well, we're not leaving until Tuesday now. So get a call from Bill, and he says, well, we changed the oil, but you got a bad tire. And that's what you want to have is a bad tire on vacation. So we had to wait another day because we had to get a tire in. And so I told the wife, as well, we're leaving on Wednesday. And that's how we got in Colorado, north of Denver on Wednesday. And I'm not the sharpest knife in the drawer. We hadn't camped or hadn't had a dog for how many years? And we're 50th anniversary and we're going on vacation. We're taking our dog. And we bought a tent. I set it up once, and we're going to do some camping. And it's like, wow. <laughs> so we're coming in on Denver, and there's a, uh, it was a state park north of, north of Denver. So he said, well, let's camp the first night. So we headed there. And we get there, and there's one camper there, and it was probably the guy that was taking care of the park. And I thought, boy, do we want to start here? And I looked around, and there was storm clouds. I said, we better cancel this. Ten minutes later, we was in a terrible hailstorm. 
$17,000 damage to the car. The windshield was cracked. Clancy was sitting on Susie's lap, just shaking. And that's the way our vacation started, but that's what God wanted to do, be known to me. Well, we took off for the interstate and tried to find a hotel. We got to the first big intersection, and there was four hotels, and we went to the first one. He said, we're booked. And right across there was a little, little really old hotel, and I told the wife, I said, if there was a lot of people like us, we better see if there's one there first before we drive across the road and check the other ones out. So we got a room there. It was a pretty old hotel. You had to be careful walking in the bathroom. You didn't want to step before the threshold because it seemed like a trampoline. But anyway, we spent the night there, got up in the morning and roaming around outside. We weren't the only ones. There was cars with the back windows busted out and seen this young kid walking around and got to talking to him. And he said, you know, he'd seen us at a rest stop where he's taking Clancy for a rest and he got caught in the hailstorm too. It took the uh, sunroof out of his car, got to talking to him and he's looking for a ride to get to the Denver airport because they had a toy's car. He was from New York. He was traveling from East Coast to West Coast, just something to do. He wasn't old enough to have it in his bucket list. And so I got to talking to him, and I said, where's the Denver airport? And he said, well, just north of Denver. I said, we're headed that way. We can give you a ride. So worked out, because I think they wanted a hundred and some dollars to, from there to get him there. And so we did. My son wasn't too impressed. We're driving down the road, and he calls, and I says, he says, what are you doing? I said, well, we're headed for Denver. How's it going? I said, well, we picked up a young kid. He's sitting in the back seat with us. And he says, what? <laughs> he says, Dad, are you, are you out of your mind? Anyway, we got there. And I didn't want to share this story that I'm going to share because it's hard to share. And I put the Lord to the test. And he says, now you've helped a complete stranger and now I want you to share this story, how a complete stranger helped you out. And now comes the really hard part. As we all know, uh, in a second, our lives can change in a heartbeat. And ours changed. Uh, it was on a Friday night. I went to work and about, I don't know, four or five o'clock in the morning, the phone rang in the office where or the control room where I was working and my partner said it's for me and Susie was on the line and she says David I mean I'll never forget this she said little Michael he's gone we just lost a two-month-old grandson our life went upside down I must have went in some kind of shock. I, I hardly remember a lot of this. I was supposed to get somebody to take my place, and I just told my partner, I said, I'm going home. I got up and had about 10 feet to walk to punch out, and I just fell down. My legs just didn't work. Finally got up to the locker room and changed my clothes, and I had even a hard time getting home. I didn't want to face but it just came into our life. I didn't, didn't want to go home. I didn't, couldn't hardly push the foot feet down. And 
it came, it was really hard. Uh, on top of it, I get home and the ambulance had the little grandson in there and they went to back out and they backed over a wall and the ambulance hung up on the frame. So they had to call air flight in there. And it was, it wasn't good at all. For I don't know how long, it was just a blur, but we went with the kids and made the arrangements. And that was Sunday. And then Monday morning, to top it off, the Lord asked me to speak at little Michael's funeral, and I just couldn't believe it. I I had never cried so hard in my life. I just, uh, and what he wanted me to share was years prior, I went through a valley, and I didn't think I could get through, and he said, I just want you to share that I got you through this deep valley you thought you couldn't get through before, and I'm going to get you through this one. But losing a grandson is it's an untimely death, and it just seems so unfair watching your kids mourn. and Life was just a blur. Uh, I couldn't concentrate. We get through the funeral. I thought I was losing my mind. I thought I was going to end up in two east. I work at a worked at a job that dealt with high voltage and dangerous chemicals. One breath you would be incapacitated, and so I told went to the doctor and I says I'm I'm in no shape to go back to work. So the doctor put me off for a while, and I thought, man, what am I going to do here? So I thought of a had bought a windmill from Earl Vickle. Uh, I didn't remember the name of the town it was in. And I just said to myself, I'm going to go tear that down. I'm going to have to climb up on a windmill tower and I'll have to concentrate or I'll fall. I'm going to force myself to do this and figure this out. So I go down there and I'm working on it and uh, get it down to where there's only one more upright before I got the, the job done or at least partially done. And Earl comes out and he says, would you like to eat lunch with us? And I said, no. Just, and the Holy Spirit says, yeah, you can eat lunch with him. Of course, I was arguing with the Holy Spirit and I looked at Earl and he put his head down. He was really disappointed. And the Holy Spirit just kept stirring me. And so I asked Earl, I says, what time is it? And he says, it's 11.45. I said, if you can wait till I get this last upright down, I'll come and eat with you. And he was pretty happy. So I got the last one down. I didn't have to climb back up anymore. Went in to eat, and I'm sitting there eating, and all I remember is uh, we had string beans, and we're sitting there, and the Holy Spirit said, share with or share about little Michael. So I did. Thought it was kind of weird, but I did. And I put my fork down and stabbed a couple of string beans and put them in my mouth and started chewing them. And I looked across at Mrs. Vickle. She was sitting across from me. And I looked up and I couldn't believe my eyes. She was sitting there eating and she had tears running down both eyes, dripping in her food and eating just like if that's normal. What I didn't know was 
she started painting a picture of what our life was going to be like once having an untimely death like that, losing someone that, you know, two months old. And she just painted me a picture that, you know, life is going to be hard. You're going to have a tender spot in your heart. It was 10 years earlier that they lost a eight, nine, ten-year-old granddaughter. She got some kind of disease and the Lord took her home. And I stirred that tender spot. And I just, you know, this is what life's going to be like to be able to just sit there and eat and have tears running down your eyes and that's a normal way of life. I was, I was really bummed. I was, you know, I couldn't concentrate. It's like, Lord, how do, how, how do I do this? But what she did when she painted me that picture was to just spark a little bit of hope in my life. I wanted to, I'd like to say I turned the corner and everything was good, but it was enough to get me started on the way back. I was able to get back to work and do the first week back was just terrible. But I got through it. A perfect stranger that I didn't even want to sit down with just helped me in my walk, helped me to get through such a struggle. In <clears throat> excuse me here. <clears throat> anyway, as as it went on, she started telling me about things they did, how to help you get over this, and she talked about having a birthday party and sending balloons up to their granddaughter. And when our, when Chloe and Josie came back, that would be her uh, two sisters. They never even got to meet their brother because they lived in uh, North Carolina. But we did go out. It wasn't his birthday, but we had a little party and sent up some balloons. And all these things just kind of help you... Uh, Put it behind you. The, the big thing that, that really started helping me come back to reality was, I don't know if we missed just one Sunday or two, but the concentration was hard, but I could come here on Sunday morning, and I didn't realize it till the first Sunday back. I could come in here amongst my brothers and sisters and just feel the love and feels God's love. And it turned into a normal day. I could come in here and worship with you, brothers and sisters, and raise hands and just have a, a wonderful day and go home and rest. And then I'd wake up Monday morning and it was back to the same. I wish I could explain that, but I can't. I don't know if my faith wasn't strong enough that I couldn't, uh, like it says, I could turn my eyes upon Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of this earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace on Sunday. But Monday, that didn't seem to work. So, I don't know 
why I couldn't do that the rest of the week, but God got me through it. Uh, I think it was a, a building of faith. I'd had people before that would tell me that I wish I had your faith, and I wanted to say, look at me now, you know, where'd my faith go? Uh, the other thing that really sticks out in this is in uh, to top it off when I was getting all this ready at such short notice my my favorite Bible fell apart so I got a had to dig out a new Bible I'm a little it's a little different so I got to figure it out here in uh Romans 8, 26 and 27. And I felt this was going on many times as I went through this struggle. It says in, uh, starts in 26. Likewise, the Spirit also helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what the mind of the Spirit is because he makes intercessions for the saints according to the will of God. And I know there was many times that the Holy Spirit was doing that for me, getting me through it. But the most important thing is, is uh, my challenge to you, I could, it says back in uh, uh, Hebrews here, we need to be prepared for what's coming in our lives. We need to have that uh, coming to worship here to where I call it a hiding place. I could come here, worship, worship with you, and have a, a normal day. And I don't know what I'd have done without that. It, I don't know how many months was pretty much a blur, but Sunday was... Just so awesome. It was just unbelievable. And that was a habit that I thank God that he gave me. I thank God he gave me a thirst for his word. Because with that, I don't know how we'd ever get through everything that can come into our lives. And my prayer for you guys is I know there's many of you going through storms and battles we all have some kind of a battle going on. So I just pray that you can come here and it can be your uh, shelter in the storm that you can have one day that when, when life is really tough that we can come here and turn our eyes upon the Lord and just let the things of the world just grow strangely dim. It was such a benefit for me, especially when I could come around my brothers and sisters here and in the presence of the Lord and just have a wonderful day. We serve a God that his ways are so much higher than our ways. I wish I could, I could grasp it better, but I can't. I don't know. I'm, uh, sometimes, you know, just coming up here is way, way a stretch of my, of my abilities in my mind, but he puts me through this. So I just pray that this is a help for you, that 
that uh, you can glean something from it. Uh, I'm going to go back to in Hebrews here what Brian read. Uh, the corporate part of it is is really awesome when we when we gather together here. But there's a little responsibility ahead of it there, and we're going to go through these first verses here. Therefore, brethren, having boldness, boldness to enter the holiness or the holiest by the blood of Jesus. Not only uh, is that a challenge for us with a Bible study, we can pick things up easier, but we need to have that personal time with the Lord to where basically we're all accountable to know what God's Word teaches each and every one of us. And if you stop and think about it, we're talking about the creator of the, of the universe, the creator of everything we see. And he wants us to be steeped in this word that we can boldly enter the holiest of holies. Like the word says, uh, and I knew I'd forget it if I didn't write it down. Boldly enter uh well, like it says here in the Holy of Holies, there's another place. I can't remember where it's at. And it's created by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with the true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Wow, that's a lot there. Uh, that's our responsibility individually to be able to dig into His Word and to take that Word and let it transform us into what He wants us to be. That... Uh, drawing near with the true heart and full assurance of faith. Even though I thought my faith was strong when, when the trials came, it seemed like it was lacking. So I don't know if it was my failure or what, but and then having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience. That's hard work. And then washing our bodies with pure water. And then it goes on, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And there it's back to that hope. When I was hurting the worst, a complete stranger, give me that little bit of hope that I could hang on to and get through the trial that, you know, God's word says he'll never give us more than we can handle and sometimes it's really hard to to grasp that when he puts you through a trial that it just it takes the wind out of you. So my challenge to all of you is uh, I have a, a, a dear friend, a, a sister in the Lord that said to me, uh, you don't know what some people have been through. 
So my challenge to you today is to, in your sphere of influence, each and every day you go out, put a smile on your face, whether you feel like it or not, and everyone you run into, give them that smile, encourage them, build them up. We are God's witness, and we don't know what people are going through. And we are complete strangers to a lot of people, but yet God can use that to give you that spark of hope like a complete stranger did to me, whether it's a hug or whatever it is. We all need that. We can all use it. It was such a blessing for me, but more important than that was being able to come here to worship with my brothers and sisters and have one normal day in God's presence just worshiping. So I want to thank you for, at that time, coming here. All the love you've poured upon our family just by being here to worship with you was such a blessing. You probably thought, boy, he's really doing good. I could come here and praise the Lord, but then Monday came. But God got me through it, and I must be stronger. <laughs> he's got me up here, too. So I'm going to close here, and now we're going to uh, take communion. There's one up here on each side, two in the back, and there's some place here. There's, I guess it's probably over there. There's uh, gluten-free. We're going to pause now and just, like Jesus says, do this in remembrance of me. And that remembrance is to just think about God's love, love poured out upon us, that he would send his son to die on a cross for us. And all we need to do is come before him and repent of our sins and ask Jesus Christ into our heart to be our Savior and our Lord. And we come into a family, a family like this that just freely pours their love out like God freely poured his love out through his son. Uh, if you're visiting here and you're a believer, just join in. We just whenever you feel ready, comfortable, come on up and, and just remember what Jesus Christ did for each and every one of us, which allows us to spend eternity with our Heavenly Father and our Savior Jesus and, and the Holy Spirit. What a blessing. And you guys have been such a blessing to worship with and just get us through a, help get us through a hard time. Let us pray.